you get you get scanned when you walk in if it's a gang member it tells the doorman it is but it says don't talk don't stop him right and then he he walks in and then you know 15 minutes later the game task force comes with like 18 guys in combat gear almost wow and they walk up to the guy with the computer and they're like oh this is you <laughs> pay your bill and get the out <laughs> like 30,000 escorts in vegas there's that many yeah jeez i know and they then, chill in the casinos at night right they chill in the casinos at night but you know it's it's one of those things it's like you know when i first was here i, I didn't i couldn't tell the difference between normal yeah girls. yeah i hear that story all the time oh man and so I, I would just always assume every girl was an uh, escort, so. Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my guest today, Derek Vonner. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going going well, man. Going well. Yeah, so you're no pretty low-key. So you're going to have to tell people exactly <laughs> what you do and how you got started. Yeah, you know, there's there's a reason for that. Um, obviously, uh, I, I used to be in the nightlife industry um, starting in maybe 1999. And then I, I moved to San Francisco and ran five different nightclubs. And what happened was it was right about the time that Facebook um, came together. Mm. And so one of the reasons that I have kept myself low key was because, you know, the, the first meeting with, with, uh, Peter Thiel and, um, uh, who was, who else was there? Uh, Zuckerberg. Uh, it was Sean Parker. Okay. And I think Sean Fanning was there originally. Mm. Wow. It's kind of interesting. So that was at, at a nightclub I ran. They, they met at your club? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, they got a table. It was pretty wild. I mean, we had like Derek Jeter when, uh, you know, it was close enough to 9-11 where he had Secret Service with him. Right. So, wow. But yeah, it was pretty It was pretty interesting. And it was actually Sean Parker that got me on Facebook originally. Mm. He convinced me to, to do it. That's nuts. Yeah. And then uh, it, it was one of those things where right at that time, everybody was sharing every personal detail, everything you could possibly imagine about you know their, their lives not yeah. it's not quite like that now i don't think i mean people share intimate uh information about on social media but not not really the same way right and i i watched you know several situations that where there was litigations and things that happened where you know facebook exposed them for yeah. the timeline i mean like anything else on the internet yeah they got a lot of information on people man no doubt about it yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I got involved. I stopped doing operations ar around 2010 mm -hmm. and I got involved with just more consulting on um, hospitality businesses that were going through conflict. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because when 2008 happened, I went from never having a business dispute to, you know, being in multiple litigations going through just, you know, the the legal system which is i'm sure you've you've experienced a little bit yourself which is crazy and mm -hmm. broken and yeah it's all pay to play yeah it doesn't work at all and then when we finally get to to court on these projects the judge is like oh had no idea how to award damages for a hospitality business because there's so many factors on what can go wrong you know especially a nightclub i mean yeah. a nightclub by the time we get to court they've already had They've had a bad operator. They've had shootings. They've had like yeah. everything else you can imagine. So, 
it was it was a uh, it was pretty interesting but what what happened was i started consulting on on other nightclubs um people that were going in through partnership disputes or maybe they had a a, a shooting outside or a shooting right. inside and i had such a good relationship with the police and the city that um they actually asked me to help a couple of different times mm. and that's actually what what got me out of that business and 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 changed you know my perspective a lot but um i i started i went to a hearing because it was a club in san francisco there was a an assassination like somebody got shot twice in the head with a silencer like Jeez. yeah it was like a gang hit wow and the the head of the entertainment commission at the time called me and asked me if i could help them reopen make sure they have cameras make sure they have like some procedures in place mm -hmm. and then right before i go to this hearing because it's a public hearing i'd already spoken to the to the police at that point we'd mm -hmm. already come up with some plan and right before i go to this hearing she's she's like hey can you find an id scanning company so i go online i find a company that i think is cool i it, it looked really good to me i contacted them they sent me the information and i uh I walk into this hearing and I, I, as part of my presentation, I, I presented the ID scanning company. Hmm. So what happened was the entire city of San Francisco went nuts. The media went nuts. I walk out of this thing and there's five, six reporters calling me. There's people like blowing up my phone, blowing up my assistant's phone, blowing hmm. up our company. Like it, it is, it is absolutely crazy. Um, and none of the articles, none of the, the news coverage is good. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. It's like big brothers coming to San Francisco and like yeah. everyone's blaming me. Like I, I'm like, my career is over. I'm screwed. <laughs> like, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, but, you know, five, a couple minutes later, I got a call from the, the developers and they're like, hey, uh, we're going to come down. We've never had press like this. Wow. And uh, we ended up working out a deal with them and uh, me and a partner went in and, and started developing this with them. And it, it became legislation in Alberta, Canada. And now that company is, is the biggest ID scanning company in the world. Amazing. But what was interesting uh, about that was just watching, you know, I don't think people realize the amount of information that's it, that's in your ID. Mm. I mean, it's not just your name and address. It's, right. it's DMV records. It's all kinds of yeah of stuff so you know when you when you walk into a casino here and they're scanning your id or you scan your id in the normal place like you really don't know what they're taking off of that mm. and you know canada is really strict uh, you know each province has different rules like you have to the server has to be in in like a high secure facility where you get weighed in and weighed out when you walk out it has bank encryption mm -hmm. you're only allowed to keep like very limited data and then you can keep it for in one province. It's 24 hours, one, it's a month. Mm. And, uh, but pri privacy people are, are definitely the most intense. Right. And I think that was a big portion of why I, I stayed off of <laughs> social media. Yeah. And I, I stopped doing any kind of interviews or anything <laughs> at that point, because man, after <laughs> they just, I'm breaking your cherry, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. So, um, you said the ID scanner, this fascinated me, has saved some people's lives, especially the gang people, right? Could you explain how? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, you know, the, the reason that uh, 
that this became such a big thing in Canada. I mean, we don't have the same issues that Canada has. You know, Canada has a massive gang problem. And, you know, people always, every time I tell people this, they're like, oh, Canada has gangs? But Canada has has really intense gangs. I mean, they have a gang called the United Nations. Mm. They have every ethnic gang in the world, pretty much, is there. Um, the Hells Angels are huge. They they run they run Canada. Wow. Um, even even now, I I think it's just it's different. They don't come out in colors. They own all the buildings downtown. <laughs> wow. No. So it's but what would happen is the if you're a known gang member, you're not allowed in a bar in Canada. Mm-hmm. So these guys would come in in colors or come dressed down, and the doorman wouldn't alert them in. They would leave and then drive by and shoot them. Mm. And, the, you know, then there was a bunch of other incidents where people would be killed inside of, of nightclubs. And because of the technology, the security technology at the time, you know, you have, you have surveillance cameras, but it's low light. There's flashing lights. Yeah. And so, and then how do you identify the person? Like they just see like a, a guy in a dark, in dark clothes, like stab somebody. And then how do you find out what happens? They never find them. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in Alberta, once this ID scanner went in, it, it, it almost eliminated, it almost eliminated that kind of violence. Mm. And it's, it's kind of crazy how it happens. You just walk, you, you get, you get scanned when you walk in. If it's a gang member, it tells the doorman it is, but it says, don't, don't stop him. Right. And then he, he walks in and then, you know, 15 minutes later, the game task force comes with like 18 guys in combat gear almost. Wow. And they walk up to the guy with the computer and they're like, oh, this is you. (laughs) Pay your bill and get out. (laughs) Just for being part of a gang. Yeah. Being part of a gang. Like you also can't leave the country. When you're part of a gang, yeah. So if you're a known gang member in Canada, you can't leave the country. Really? Yeah. It's 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 pretty bizarre. Wow, I didn't know that. I mean, I mean, from from my perspective, I I think that, you know, I mean, obviously they have they have different rights, but yeah, I don't think you could do that in in America. At this it's like point. being a felon in America, right? You can't leave. Yeah, but I mean, in you know, they they don't let you go in a bar. But, wow. Um, back to your events though, you were able to collect millions of email addresses. Yeah. Yeah. So over the years we've collected just an enormous amount. You showed of- me it. It was something mind boggling. <laughs> I think you were like the biggest client on Eventbrite at one point. <laughs> so walk me through that whole come up. Well, you know, it, it was when, when Eventbrite started and again, this is, this is around, you know, the 2008, 2009 times, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit before. But, you know, being in San Francisco, that's right where the all that stuff started. Mm. And, you know, we they 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 were spending tons and tons of money on marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just we just jumped on board and <laughs> right timing. Yeah, right timing. And, you know, we, we obviously were doing a, a lot of events. Right. So it just it just worked out. Yeah. Um, what were some of the craziest things that have happened at your venues? Oh, man. You know, I, I've, I think the, the hardest part about being in that industry is you, you have to watch a lot of violence mm. and people get drunk. They act crazy. I mean, there was, there was a period in San Francisco where I was on first name basis with 
probably every Russian gangster in the city. <laughs> and it, and it was, you know, it wasn't by choice. It was yeah. like, they, it, it was, it was by default. Right. They they would come to the club all the time, and I had to maintain a relationship with them so they didn't. Because they spend big, so you want to keep them as a customer. Yeah, but they spend big, but they're also they'd also get in fights, Cause really problem. bad fights. And so if I didn't have a relationship with them, they didn't respect us. Mm. So, you know, it was it was one of those things where I I definitely had a bulletproof vest in my bag <laughs> for <laughs> for days that I wasn't comfortable going home. Yeah, um, but. You know, I, I just I watched a lot of violence, and I mean, even after I, I stepped out of that industry, I couldn't even watch UFC fights for a long time. Really? Why? Well, I just I watched these these kids get stomped on the ground, mm. and you couldn't stop them once they get over, across the street. We can't wow. we can't step in. So you had PTSD almost. Oh man! And I every time, even now, when I see the guy and he's knocked out and the guy's punching him, I I, I, I got to get up and leave. I hate Whoa. watching that. Yeah, Damn. It's, it's, yeah, it's, that's traumatizing. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things. No matter what would happen, I would walk outside and whoever they were throwing out would walk over to me and punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and it, all the security would all laugh at me because it just happens. It was always girls. But it was yeah. it was like the, the funniest. It didn't matter if there was police there. Yeah, it, it, it was it a running joke. Oh, yeah. It didn't, ma- it didn't matter. It was you ever have to get in a physical fight with a guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happened all the time. I, I can't even picture you like doing that. You, you know, it was always in defense of other people. Right. So it wasn't, I was never the aggressor. I just, I hate watching people get hurt. And, and it was one of those things like, even though I was running that club, I, I would go into the fight because I had, you know, eight security making sure I was safe. Okay. So when I went in, it was like, I would try to negotiate with people while they're fighting, which is kind of mm. crazy yeah but it, it worked a lot of the times and sometimes it didn't wow how are people sneaking weapons in these clubs i mean the, the thing is it's really hard to to uh to get all the guns i mean we weren't really using metal detectors we were patting down at some point but most of the places were were you know we were relying on the clientele to be a little bit more high-end mm. And obviously that's, that's changed over the years, but, but I mean, everybody puts metal detectors in, but man, I mean, they, they sneak it in with the, in their girl's purse. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of the times like they, they want the guys for guns, but they don't, they don't, they don't think that the girl's bringing in the gun. Right. That's the majority of the time that that comes in. It's, it's with the girl. You said you had Drake pull up one night, right? Oh yeah. We, we did not we did an event with, with Drake at San Francisco city hall and it was it was completely crazy i mean it was it was a, a, it was after a concert it was a there was about 3000 people there mm. and the sheriff's department in san francisco was doing security so um i knew we were in trouble right off the bat because when he walks in they they frisked him <laughs> <laughs> the own mayor <laughs> yeah so that didn't that didn't go over well and then <laughs> um he he goes to the section and they kick out all of these tables. Like these, all these tables are spending like ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars to sit next to Drake and the yeah. and the sheriff's department kicks out all of the tables ah. and they're standing around him like, like, man. The the manager comes over and he's like, man, we're 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 not into this. This is terrible. Um, we don't we don't we don't feel safe with all the police. Yeah, and in the so he he left and <laughs> and then the 
the, the San Francisco Sheriff's Department lines up outside in riot gear. Jesus. Like, they got guys walking around with, with, with like, battlefield gear on with AR-15s. And it's like, it's like bruh. Just because Drake left, he got pissed. Well, I mean, it, no, <laughs> but they they were doing it to start with. That wow. was that was part of the problem. I mean, they they were they were expecting a riot or something, and the, they and they created this this situation. That's insane. What other what other celebrities pulled up and it just got wild? Um, I mean, I, I think that was the the wildest. I mean, there's there's been a lot. I I, I was actually I did uh probably. I did a show with Lady Gaga in mm. 2008. Whoa, that's her peak. It, well, I mean, she she hadn't blown up at that. Oh, yet. that's before peak. Yeah, it was, it was right before she blew oh, up, okay. and uh, she performed with two other people on us on a subwoofer. On a what? On a subwoofer on a speaker. Oh. And she was she was absolutely fantastic. I wow. Mean, it, the funnier part it was, I, mean, I got so much uh, flack for booking her. <laughs> everyone like laughed at me and then yeah two months later she's like the she biggest thing on the planet <laughs> she texted all those guys yo you still laughing like <laughs> that's um, funny steve aoki used to be a, a dj right when he started he used to be a resident dj for me oh nice um walk me through the residency mo- model because i know that's big in vegas is it big in other cities it is i mean it's, it's just somebody that you book monthly um you know when i when i started when I started working with Steve, like he 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 was famous already, but yeah. he wasn't famous for being a DJ. Mm. And that was another guy that like, you know, there was a lot of a lot of DJs that that kind of talked about him. Really, but man, Steve was the best guy. Like he was the nicest guy. He was really good. He, you know, wow, yeah, I can't imagine talking shit about him. He well, just seems like such a nice guy. They they didn't think he was a real DJ at the time. Oh, okay. So but they were jealous. They were jealous. Yeah. That's absolutely what it was. It was jealousy. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, it, it was cool. Um uh DJ AM used to play for us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um who else? Uh DJ Premier. That was pretty interesting. Nice. Grandmaster Flash. Okay. Um, I've, had, some I've, had, I've had a couple really, really interesting conversations with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like he's really, really intense, and yeah. and then the, but the same breath, he's like right, mm. <laughs> right. So I want to talk about something insane. You are the only person that I know that has able been able to beat the Vegas reward system. Yeah. So I got to hear this. <laughs> when I when I moved to Vegas, I didn't I didn't really gamble at all, and then. Uh, uh, one of these, one of these times I, I actually got a flat tire. I just bought a new car. I clipped a, a, a curb on the way into Cosmo to mm-hmm. go to a meeting and, uh, I, my tire was flat and I was, I was on the second level. Mm-hmm. And of course there's no spare tire. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were inside the parking yeah, garage? I was inside the parking garage. Oh, she couldn't even leave. I couldn't even leave. <laughs> so the tow truck guy comes and he's like, oh, we need a flatbed but we can't bring a flatbed bed in. Uh, and so I I got I got pissed, walked away. Um my phone dies and so I start playing blackjack and I I I end up making, you know, $7500 out of $200. And you know, it, was, it just started me gambling a little bit. Yeah. And then uh um maybe maybe like a year year and a half later, I went through this terrible breakup. And I, I, uh, I started gambling on December 31st and I went into this, 
this bender where I end up spending about $30,000. But, you know, in that 24 hours, I, I went up and down, you know, four or $500,000. Gee. Not at one time. I mean, it was obviously... But it spread was, out. Yeah, it's something I, I was gambling for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. But what happened was I, I, I was... Because of that and because the the reward system resets every year, I was in the top 20 gamblers at Caesars Entertainment for, you know, maybe a few hours or a oh, day on or January so. 1st. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in, those, in the same breath, like I got uh, I got a, a, the highest gambling card at Caesars. But because it was I got it the night the on the 31st and then I got more points on the first yeah. i got it for two years whoa yeah so in uh in 2019 i they gave me almost 300 compotorums <laughs> that's insane and those are like 300 a night usually. oh yeah and it wasn't it didn't just stop there it was so much stuff i mean they were calling me about about concerts like the first one of the first people to get calls about tickets yeah uh oh is that a new thing because yeah they give out the the vegas golden knights tickets now to football yeah ones. at the at the time like uh i mean this is this is 2018 this yeah. is pre-covid so they just started yeah wow. it, it was it was pretty wild and you know for the for this next year i mean i i got so many benefits and then i just barely i would barely play at all I yeah and I, I i probably spent like two or three thousand dollars after wow because it lasts a year, right? It will. It would last. It was, I had two years because oh. because I because right when they reset, yeah, it, yeah. Go, it all goes to zero on wow. the thirty first. So on the thirty first this year, you're gonna go back and play again. <laughs> uh, so, well, so that's that's the thing. You know, it worked. I went through a whole year. Um, eventually, they got they got a little mad and kicked me out because you're not gambling enough. Yeah, I wasn't gambling at all. Yeah, and I was still getting comp rooms and free everything. And man, the comp rooms alone. I mean, there's so many conferences here that you're just saving so much. Oh man, and it, it was it was cool too. It was, they had they had these lounges. They're called diamond lounges. I don't mm. I don't think they have them anymore. But they they would open at like noon or two o'clock, and they would stay open till midnight. Wow. And I could bring four people in there. It was a open premium bar they serve dinner they serve food twice Sign me up for that oh yeah it was, <laughs> it was great i mean I, I i instantly moved all of my meetings there and then you know i met a bunch of really big investors mm. because they're big gamblers wow yeah they kind of go hand in hand big gamblers and people with a lot of money that invest yeah so you know i after after this happened i i kind of realized you know i met a, i met a bunch of people that that were actually living in the casinos mm. and they were they were living off of their points just taking advantage yeah yeah and, and one, one of the ways that they did it was uh, they would give their their they'd get a bunch of copies of their card and they would give them to all their friends mm -hmm. so they're when their friends come into town they're gambling and they're accumulating points for them mm. and then they're getting to yeah because they don't id you when you show the card right I mean, I think the only time that you could get in trouble for that is if you win and cash out. Yeah. I mean, it was a little different for me because I was I was at a level with Caesars where when I put my card in, a host would come over and shake my hand. Wow. You are on a first name basis with them. It, it, it was pretty it, it was it was pretty weird at first. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> but did you, did you have your own host you could text to? You know, I, I did initially, but I, I never took advantage of that. Yeah. And it, it wasn't until uh, uh, when when COVID when COVID happened, the shutdown happened, I lived at, at 
at Vera Aria. Mm. And it was it was it was very, very crazy because the whole strip shut down, all the casinos shut down. Mm. And the, the thing about Vegas is Vegas isn't designed to have the casino shut down. Not at all. The security structure is is designed for each of the casinos to police their area or the police will be inside of the casinos. Right. So when the casinos are shut down, the police are in the street. Mm. So for, for the police to get from the street to the sidewalk is like a 15 minute. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, they have to, they have to drive around all those barriers. Wow. Oh, cause they shut down even the entrances you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause a lot of the time you got to drive through those to get somewhere, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was like, it was like being out here with Mad Max. It was, right. it was crazy. <laughs> there was like bicyclers going down. It was the street. dead. I remember oh. looking out and seeing just nothing. I mean, even for me, I, I used to I used to jog down the strip, and there was a point where I, I stopped because it was too dangerous, too scary. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. And then, uh, but what, but you know, what happened after that is I, I started going to, you know, the only things that opened were casinos. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I started I started gambling again, gambling <laughs> again, and you know, the same thing happened. Yeah. And you know, I I, I currently have a, a, you know, one of the highest player cards at at cosmopolitan yeah and you know cosmo has a really valuable card it's probably the best high value card honestly with what they do well it's 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 really cool man because the other casinos tier match it oh smart so and right after i got that card i got a platinum card with mgm but i have an ace card with resorts world um even even the win matched it at one point wow yeah, I used to have the wind black. That thing was sexy, man. Yeah, and then you know it, it also it also is attached to uh, the Marriott, so you get a high level Marriott card. Mm. And then I would go and uh, through MGM, I I got a high level Hyatt card. Sick. So you are just status matching everywhere. Oh man, <laughs> and, and 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 what got even better about that was all of those groups have different different rewards that they're attached to. So MGM has a deal with Southwest and obviously Hyatt and you mm. can you can transfer your points. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so wow. when you when you get a an MGM room, if you if you have your your Southwest account attached, you get points for that. Dude, I wish I knew that cuz I've got so many MGM and Cosmo rooms. Oh man, I I've cleaned up on that. It's it's crazy. Yeah, so now you're flying for free too on top of it. Flying for free, I mean you know, Cosmopolitan gives a ton of good benefits. Wow. You know, it, all of these places, all of these cards now, it's free parking, free valet. Yeah, the and, valet is clutch. Yeah, which you, it doesn't doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it's... No, it's a lot mentally because <laughs> that walk from Cosmo a lot, dude, it's a long walk. It's a long walk. Up to the restaurants. Um, you're one of the best networkers I know. You just came back from Dubai. You were with the craziest people in the crypto space. How did you get so good at networking? Well, I, I think that, you know, I think necessity, but yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, being in the nightclub industry for so long, I think that's all I was really doing. Mm. I mean, it's, at some point, you know, after a, a certain amount of time, you know, I wasn't really doing any of the operational stuff. I was just hanging out with the VIPs and making sure they'd come back and but, building relationships. And again, I mean, we, we're, we're, we're meeting people like, you know, Peter Thiel and, and, yeah. and, and 
So your advice to people would be put yourself in a situation where high level people are going to basically. Yeah. And, and you know, night nightlife and, and that type of stuff is, is a, is a good place to network as long as you're just not there to drink and party. That's where people mess up. I think they, they get drunk and then, yeah, they don't realize like who they're, who they're next to. You, right. you got people coming in that you couldn't get a meeting with. Yeah. Cause if yeah. they're buying a table, they're spending five, 10 K they got money. For sure. I mean, every every time you go out is a is a great networking opportunity. Yeah. And it's like, it, you know, obviously there, there's a lot of other ones now. And as you know, in in 2008, in those times, I mean, it, it was it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we when we moved to uh, to Vegas, I mean, Vegas is the best place to do that, though. So many clubs here, man. There's so many clubs and and everyone comes out and they go to the same places yeah they always end up at excess they end up at marquee now it's you know? zook yeah zook one of the tau group places yeah which i guess is everything now <laughs> yeah so what's your strategy say you pull up to a club like are you just going up to tables how do you approach things i mean i mean that's the thing i i usually only go in um now when when i'm with somebody that that wants to go out mm-hmm. but in you know in the beginning it was it was just you know, get your foot in the door at one table and then you, you start networking with all the other tables. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I don't I don't go out to clubs, but that's one thing I would consider doing. I mean, there's some good people there. Yeah, it's hard it's hard for me now yeah. to do that. I, I much prefer networking events yeah. and and you know, any kind of any kind of business or crypto related events. Mm. But I mean I, I think the other key is you gotta travel. Yeah. I mean the you can't just sit in one place. You can't not move. You got to have movement or Absolutely. you're not doing anything. How do you balance dating with your lifestyle? Cause you travel <laughs> almost more than anyone I know, I think, and you're super successful as well. So do you get a lot of interesting people coming your way? Well, you know, it's, it's dating's really hard. And yeah. I think that that living in Vegas and dating is, is extremely hard. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't think people realize this, but there's like 30,000 escorts in Vegas. There's that many. Yeah. Jeez. I know and they then, chill in the casinos at night, right? They chill in the casinos at night, but you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like at, at some point it's you know, when I first was here, I, I didn't I couldn't tell the difference between normal. Yeah, girls yeah, and, I hear that story all the time. Oh man. And so I, I would just always assume every girl was an uh, escort, so I wouldn't talk to them. I've heard stories of they're hooking up in the casino, they go upstairs, five hundred bucks. What? <laughs> I mean I don't know. I, I, I think it's just Vegas is also I mean, it's changed in the past few years since you moved here, especially it's, mm. it's, it's a little different because there's more of a community. Yeah, it was very transient for a while. Right. So it was, it was one of those things. It, it was it's it's really hard to date here. And, you know, moving to Miami, it's Miami is the same thing. It's that's <laughs> I might be even tougher. Miami. <laughs> it is tougher. <laughs> it's more materialistic. The girls all speak Spanish. Yeah. Each one like has its problems, I guess. But yeah, you, you know, date, dating's really tough, man. You you have to you have to decide. I mean, I know I know some people have a, a good relationship balance with work, but you know, I, I've I'm not really that good at it. Mm. I've I've really had to sacrifice a lot of of relationships for for the movement. Right. So you don't think there's a balance? It's just all in. No, there is a balance. I think you. I think the the best thing to do is to find one really solid girl that can mm. hold you down and and be at your house when you come home and yeah. you know support you uh, emotionally and and 
you know? I, yeah, I attribute a lot of my success to that. I was lucky and found that early, you know? Yeah, man, it's it's, it's one of those things. I, I think I when I went into this gambling spree is because I lost one of those. <laughs> right. But And the cause of that was you just working too much, basically? Yeah, it was me working too much. That's always what it is with entrepreneurs, I notice. We yeah. choose to work, and then we don't want to balance a timeout with them. Well, and, and now, now it's terrible because I, I, I just my tolerance is so small that like i i just i mean any little thing i'm out <laughs> yeah they say it gets tougher the older you get right oh yeah it's it's definitely because the dating pool they start getting worried in the 30s about having kids well that that's the problem now now everyone wants to have kids they want to rush and, into like, it to, to be fair like I, i'm not ready for that so right. i don't want to I don't want to deceive somebody and pretend like I'm, I'm yeah. going to do that. We just had someone come on. He was, I think, 61. He just had a kid. Yeah, I'm, 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 on, I'm on that path right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't heard of that late, but to each their own, you know? No, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've, I have some really amazing girls in my life that are, are friends. But, you know, I, like I said, dating's really difficult. And mm. I, I think, I think when, once you, you realize that that isn't the focus you're able to build more genuine relationships. Absolutely. So you believe guys and girls can be friends? Yeah, I mean, they they can. I mean, obviously, I think there's always some sort of sexual tension or some, some you know, something could happen at, at right. any point. So I, I, I'm <laughs> just saying, like, there, there is, there is, it's, I don't know if I would, I would feel really comfortable with, with my, my wife having a bunch of guys that are her right. friends that I didn't know. Right. Yeah, there's a limit for sure. Because just human instinct, right? Yeah. But but I think, yeah, well, that's exactly it. it, it it's, it's human instinct. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I think guys and girls can be friends. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, though. My girl, nah, she can't have, like, ten guy friends. No, hang for out. sure not. Yeah. She has a gay guy friend, which I'm cool with, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I have I have a couple of people in my life that are you know I I I look at as brothers and like I'm I'm comfortable with them. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's different for sure. But um, what's next for you, man? Well, uh, you know, it's it's funny because we actually developed something that was kind of uh, it's kind of a play on on this casino rewards. Oh system. yeah, let's hear it. Um, it's it's a it's a, a it's a blockchain based rewards program that is um it's kind of a mixture between american the concierge you get with american express and mm -hmm. then you know the casino rewards program from the cosmo <laughs> <laughs> and uh but it's blockchain based it's um our our development company is is probably the the world leader in in financial security when it comes to currency they they make the security features for uh currency in 80 countries mm. Um, it's a German company. It's been, it's been quite, quite an experience. You know, it, ironically, I met them at CES last year. Nice. So I, I, I wasn't even thinking I was going to come to CES and I, yeah. I, I ran into them there and, and they've completely changed my life on it. Conferences, man. That one was overwhelming though. I didn't know where the hell to go. Like 
I think I even met. No, we we did. But you you know, the thing is like most of it wasn't good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like the, the, the actual conference wasn't good, but just, man, I met, I met two or three relationships out of that, that are. That's all it takes. Oh man. Just meet one or two guys every conference. Yeah. Change your life. And that, that's the justification for going out and doing that stuff. You know, I showed up every day. I wore a suit every day, even when I was tired, Mm -hmm. even when I didn't want to, even when I didn't, you know, I met them on the last day. Mm. Wow. I, I couldn't walk for a week afterwards because it was so spread out. Yeah. We walked like three miles that day, I think. <laughs> for sure. We took the Tesla loop. Yeah. That was a good day. <laughs> Man, uh, where can people find you? Um, well, you could you could check out our new project. It's uh, uh, key2.io. Um, like I said, it's it's uh, it's the key to each city. So it's a, it's a membership rewards program that um, is your actual key to each city where we're going to launch during formula one in vegas uh in november in uh obviously vegas we're doing new york san francisco la miami and then after that it's london dubai abu dhabi um paris geneva and you know south america love it man thanks for watching guys digital social hour i'll see you next time